I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, part of it is with our schooling that we're doing, but there has been this theme of desperation, going to God in desperation and him answering, and that it really just, uh, it draws his eye to you when you're desperate for him, no matter what situation, and not just, be, you know, being flippant about your prayer, but really like just going to him in desperation. So I kind of feel like we all need to pay attention to that because it's just been this reoccurring theme over and over, even this last week at our conference. That was another, it was the same thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you may not even realize that you have a desperate need. Like, you know, sometimes we just walk through life with, with things that we just deal with and we just, you know, I don't know if we partner with circumstances and just agree and accept things, but sometimes we, we know that there's stuff that just needs to change and we don't even know that we, we have a cry in our heart. But you know, the, the awesome thing about God is he hears the cries of your heart. He hears the, the things, the, the cry of your heart. Like, not just when you're crying out loud and you're finally at your wit's end and you're like, God, I need you. Even before you can get the words out of your mouth, he hears the cry, the groans of your spirit. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit, he groans within us. He prays and he groans words, uh, things that even words can't describe. So he is interceding on your behalf. Jesus, our great high priest, is interceding on our behalf. So God knows your need. He knows He knows the pain, he knows the deep, broken places, and he cares about it more than you can ever imagine. He doesn't just wait for you. You know, that old thing people say, oh, God helps those who helps themselves. That's, by the way, not in the Bible anywhere. Okay, now there is a time to carry your own weight and your own load, and then there's a time to share your load with other people, and we're to carry burdens together. So yeah, there's a time and we have to know what season we're in and when we need help and when we have our own thing to carry. But there's, there's that time where we need to lay it at his feet and he sees those burdens. I don't know how far we're going to get this morning, but I know that we're probably not going to go a whole lot into any teaching. Um, but I, did, I just felt like, you know, while we were worshiping and while the morning was um, getting going, I don't know what was going on or there felt like my mouth was getting so dry that I was going to choke. I couldn't even talk. I'm okay now. So whatever thing was trying to strangle me is gone. <clears throat> I worshiped my way through it. But I felt like the Lord was saying that he wants to communicate his heart this morning, this afternoon. So that if there's anything else that you leave this room with today, it would be that you know that God has affection for you, that the love of the Lord for you, towards you, never ceases. It never ceases. In fact, the Bible says that while you were yet a sinner, before you ever came to know Jesus, if you don't know him, if you've never even walked into a relationship and said, Jesus, I want you in my life. If you're in that place now, or if you've been in that place, which if you're a Christian, that's where you were. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
What we did today, when we took those elements of communion, we remembered the blood of Jesus and his broken body. That is the extent of his love for you. So remind yourself of that. You know, he knows that you need to be reminded. He knows that we, we lose sight of his love, that things come into our brain and, and cloud our thinking, keeping us from having an understanding or, or a, a, a reality, a, an awareness at the moment that you're breathing right now, that awareness of his affection, of his presence being with you, that you're not alone. There is no place on this planet, no place in all creation that you can go to escape his presence. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 103, if I went to the highest heights of the heavens or if I went to the bottom of the sea, even there you would find me. So I like to say, you know, if, if you agree and believe that God is, he, he's all, in all places at all times, like there's no place we can go, then you might as well imagine him being with you right now. Because this is the place right here between your ears that becomes the barrier to the reality. Holy Spirit of God is in the room right now. Someone recently said something that we all should know. You know, Obviously, we know that the Father in heaven, he is God, right? All right, you all get a star for that one. Can I get an amen? <laughs> no, you, I want to make sure you're awake. You know, it's kind of per perky guys up. Okay, and now many people will argue if they're in cults, but as Christians, our theology says Jesus Christ is God as well, that he is God in the flesh, that God, the, the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, became a human being and walked among us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So Jesus Christ is God, correct? You, you, we all agree on that one. Good, because we could have a little bit of a problem if we, you know, but we could talk about that not right here. The Holy Spirit is God. I don't know how many of you can get to be like me where you're thinking, Holy Spirit, I just love your presence. I, I just love when I feel your power moving and, and your, you know, your waves of you know, Holy Ghost goosebumps kind of overcome me. And <clears throat> you know, especially when I put on some good worship and I'm walking out in Bremerton delivering mail. And I just singing and I feel his presence. But I often forget that's not just the Holy Spirit. That is God. That God himself in the Holy Spirit is actually with me. And he's with you. And he's right here. You know, the barrier between heaven and earth, there is no barrier except for between our ears. It's between our ears. The Bible says in Ephesians that we have direct access. It's chapter 2, and I don't know the verse, but it's in chapter 2. It says that you have been given direct access to the Father through the blood of Jesus. So if you're a believer, you have direct access to the Father 24-7 in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is like, now here I go changing it from he is God and as God, the Holy Spirit, he's like the Wi-Fi connection that is the strongest connection you'll ever have into the throne room of heaven. 
In fact, Ephesians chapter 3, I believe, says that right now, as Christians, we are seated with him in the heavenly realm. So it's pretty mind-blowing when you begin to realize that he's actually with you right now. He's, he's in you, and he's with you. He's all around you. You're not alone. You are not alone. And his affection towards you, young lady, you are the, the apple of his eye. I'm, I'm preaching to all of you, but I'm just focused on you just for a second. Is that okay? Are you good with that? Okay. He loves you so much. And you need to hear it. I feel like it's his heart that you would know today that his affection towards you is like, not like, it is of a father who wants no harm to come to you. And he was dreaming over your life the day you walked, not walked, the day you were birthed into this world. In fact, before you were born, while he was fashioning you, creating you and knitting you together inside of your mother, he was breathing life, dreaming over you, speaking destiny over your life. The, the Bible says in Jeremiah, speaking of Jeremiah back there, Jer Jeremy, um, in Jeremiah, he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future. His heart, his desire is that you would know his affection and his, his love and his commitment to you, to you, Nirvana, to you, Brandon, to me. Go look in the mirror. That is the, that is the object of his affection, Justin. He loves you with an everlasting love. It does not die out. He can't love you more right now in this moment than he did the very first time he set eyes on you. His affection for you is that of a good father. Hmm. We should read the Bible because this is church, right? So let's, let me see. Let me just weed through here. We'll figure something out. I don't want to forget to let you guys know. I'll just say it now. I mean, you can pop the picture up there. This is kind of a mini rabbit trail, but next Sunday... I'm hoping you guys can come. Galen and Danette Gingrich will be here next Sunday. Galen is an apostolic father to me, to my family, to this church. And if you don't know who he is, most of you do, and most of you have heard him, maybe about two-thirds of the room. Um, he leads a church in McMinnville, Oregon, and he's the one who hosts the conference, the Bethel Leaders Network conference that we went to. And he's going to come spend some time with us as a church. And he's, he carries such a rich history. So if you guys can be here next Sunday for that, that's going to be awesome. And don't forget, it's daylight savings time. Yes, the devil sprung it on us again. <laughs> Spring forward, which means you're going to lose an hour of sleep. I hate to say it, but it's going to happen. So if you can get yourself to go to bed a little early or just set out some green tea pills with your pre-ground coffee and then... Just really get juiced up at 7 a.m. or whatever time you get up if you don't keep hitting the snooze button like Debbie. 7.15, <clears throat> there you go. Good for you. Noel, make sure you get up next week. So anyway, that's going to be a good time. I, I want to make sure I, I got that covered before, we, before anything else. But, you know, so we're, we're going to wrap this up very soon. I, I, I do mean that. 
I feel like whatever God wanted to do, I think he was doing it in our worship and it was in the testimony and it's, and it's just right up to this point. He's communicating his heartbeat. His affection <laughs> towards you is so rich and so strong. You know, this might be kind of, I wasn't going to talk about this much. I just was going to leave it up for me. But, you know, when I was a pre-Christian, when I was, you know, denying Christianity, denying that God was real, my, my quote that I love to say was, God is dead. Because he was dead to me. Yeah, I, I didn't want anything to do with Christianity. I had enough of, of the religion I grew up in. And so I pushed him out. But there was a deep hunger inside of me for, for spiritual reality, for something beyond what my flesh and blood could see. I wanted to experience the power of the supernatural. What I didn't know was that that's everything that God has for you and for me that he has a supernatural, spirit-filled, spirit-empowered adventure for every one of us in this room. In fact, the Bible says in Joel chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 2, when Peter quotes it, and Peter said, what you're witnessing is this, that God said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's you and that's me. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your young men and women will, will prophesy and they will dream dreams. You know what that means? That means you're going to hear the voice of God and you're going to speak out what you're hearing. You will prophesy. You will be so filled with his presence that you will overwhelmingly hear his voice with supernatural clarity. And I just want to release that today, that encouragement from the word of God that that is now, that is for you. That was 2,000 years ago when Peter quoted that, that verse from Joel. And of course, the old guys like me and Noel, we're not out of the picture either because we'll, we'll dream dreams. We get to have those wild dreams that wake us up in the morning. We're like, whoa, there was something about that dream that was from God. No, we get to prophesy too. So God has a supernatural adventure for you and when I was in my unbelief, when I didn't know that Christianity was more than just religious do's and don'ts, that was the main reason why I wanted nothing to do with Jesus. I didn't want to give up all the fun. I wanted to party. I wanted to be able to have sex with whoever I wanted to and not be guilty feeling about it. I wanted to be able to hate people all I wanted to. Because people, you know, in my opinion, at, at that time in my life, they deserve it. So why should I not give them what they deserve? That's just how I thought. But then Jesus, the hound of heaven, was chasing me down. He cornered me in my living room. A, a young woman with a little child came to my door when I was a pre-Christian, gave me a little booklet about how to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And I made an excuse at the door to get rid of them that I, I go to a church somewhere. And I went back up to my upstairs, and I started thumbing through the booklet, 
And I was like, okay, so the cross is like a bridge to get you from, you know, separated from God and reconciled to God and then pray this prayer if you want to ask Jesus in your heart. And as I'm reading that prayer, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that, that through you I can have a relationship with you and by asking you to come to my life. And as I read that, the hound of heaven, the God of affection, of deep deep, overwhelming love and compassion and mercy and kindness towards all of his sons and daughters on this planet came like the hound of heaven and began to, well, he wasn't necessarily licking my face like that guy said with this hound, this little dog, Lego dog, but he was surrounding my heart with his affection and I could feel the hardness of my heart begin to just crumble and I broke, and I wept in my living room, but I didn't pray the prayer. But just like the hound of heaven, he came running back again. And one morning when a roommate wanted to open up the Bible and tell me how the kingdom of heaven was like a treasure in a field, and that the guy who finds that treasure will sell everything he has to buy that field so that the treasure is his. What was it about that verse, that that passage that brought me to the breaking point, to the tipping point. I don't know, but I've lost it. I realized at that moment, I need you in my life. I need you, Jesus. I don't know how I'll ever change, but I just, I surrender. That's what I did on my living room floor because the hound of heaven, the Holy Spirit of God was pursuing me and he's pursuing you. He's been pursuing me every day since then, and he's still pursuing you right now. His love for you is like a fire. It burns. He is jealous for you. We might think that, well, you know, there's the do's and don'ts. We can't do this and can't do that, or I can't call myself a Christian. You know, to him, it's not about the list of stuff you shouldn't do. He just doesn't want anything to get in your head and in your life to keep you from walking with him in complete intimacy. Into me, you see. And you see, once sin and habits and things get back in the way, it's not that he's pushing you away. It's, that, it's just that the things that we do bring shame. We feel guilty. We feel ashamed of ourselves when we do stuff. And so that shame, just like Adam and Eve in the garden, we want to go hide. We just want to go get behind the bushes. And then we know we, know we need to get back with him and, and get right with him. But we're afraid. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid that he's going to banish us from the garden. But Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father. His blood, one drop of his blood is enough to remove all the guilt, all the sin, all the shame of an entire broken universe. His love for you is that rich and that powerful. And he, he displayed it on the cross. And it's for you. It is for you. And all we need to do is just say, Jesus, yes, I receive what you did. I, I take hold of what you did for me. I want, I want to respond just like in a wedding vow. Jesus' death on the cross was him coming to the, to the altar, to you and me, putting the ring on your finger. And he says, 
to, to you, I commit myself to you. And all you have to do is respond back by saying, and Jesus, I commit myself to you. I do. I want to be one with you. And he comes into your life. He comes in and he does not abandon you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He stays with you. He does not abandon us. You'll never be alone. In fact, he has so much. And I know I already said it, but he just has such an adventure for all of us. And even if you're not in the season, and I'll kind of wind it down with this. If you're not in the season of adventure right now, if you're not in wow and awe of God doing miracles and stuff, I do want to say that, that those things will come. If you're not walking in it now, it's going to come back. But even in the dark season of the soul, the long night of the soul, or whatever they call it, you know, the, the hallway that we get in, sometimes God takes us through a process and we're in the hallway and it seems like the hallway is never going to end. But I, I guarantee you that he is with you in the hallway even in the valley of the shadow of death, he's with you through the valley and back up to the mountaintops. And those seasons, those dark seasons are not forever. Some people want to give up on the Lord. They want to, they want to just give up trusting him because they just don't see an end. But I, I think if they would just hold on a little longer, if they would just press in a little further, that you'll find the, the whatever it is will lift off. Are you guys good? Why don't we stand up? I didn't, I didn't read a scripture though. I didn't read a scripture. I quoted a bunch, but I didn't. Okay, okay. I'm just looking. We're gonna pray this scripture. We're gonna pray this. Slide number 19, Ethan. Just pop it up there. We're gonna pray this. this I got stuck on this verse last week. That ended up being the message. And uh, so we're just going to pray it. In fact, I'm just going to declare it right now over us. Just put your hands out in front of you. That was good, Debbie. When you told us to put our hands out, I don't know about you guys, but I felt, I felt, maybe I'm just, you know, easy persuasion, hypnosis. No, it was real. I felt the presence of God moving on that. But just receive this scripture. Receive this truth today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So Holy Spirit, today we say, fill us with all joy and peace through our beliefs. Help us to lay down any beliefs right now that are contrary to the truth that you've been speaking to us this morning. If there's any belief in our minds that says you really don't love us, we just break that off now. We break off, we sever that stinking thinking, we sever that lie in the name of Jesus that says that God's affection is not towards you. We break off that lie that he really isn't good and we declare the goodness of God over us today. I declare the goodness of God, the favor and the love of God over you this morning. May the God of hope fill you. Now just put your hand on your heart and just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Fill me with joy and peace. 
in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope that I may abound in hope. We thank you, Lord. All right, amen.